Hi everyone, this is Lahiru. And I'm Stan. And this is Anesthesia Coffee Break Summer Edition now. Stan's on, on a bit of a holiday, so we managed to tee up a time to get together and do a couple of episodes. So thanks very much for doing this on your holiday, Stan. That's awesome. Absolutely. And we've got special guests. We've got little, oh, sorry, little Maxi here. Maxi. Oh, hey. hey, Maxi. If you're looking at the YouTube channel, uh, you will definitely be able to see this cute cavoodle. It's, this dog, it looks absolutely adorable. Yeah. Um, sadly, on the podcast, you can only imagine this gorgeous dog on Stan's lap. <laughs> oh my god! This is click, but this is clickbait. This is going to be the title of the video, right here. <laughs> she, could do, she could do the presentation for me. So yeah, that's you know, right. Can impose her face onto mine. You know. So today, uh, besides Stan's very very cute dog, uh, we're going to do another performance device by Stan, and we're going to talk about the non-respiratory functions of the lung. So let's get started. So you're on holiday. Uh, it's very hard to have a performance tip because I think holidays are the the, the, the definition of anti-performance. So what do, you, what do you have for us? Well, I think having like an idea of a short break and I was even going to bring the idea of um, pets, but obviously not everyone has pets, but it's just the idea that I think that sometimes instead of uh, putting all our efforts into um, sort of studying or trying to focus on one thing, it's always good just to give your mind a bit of a break from that. And, you know, whether it be pets, whether it be a hobby, I think mm. it's good just to get your mind away from that and give your mind a break and just do something different. And I think that that really helps just to re-energize the mind, which is why holidays are so great because, you know, from the grind of work, just having that break, even if it's for a week or so, just mm. really helps to re-energize um, the batteries. I totally agree. And maybe it even has some good scientific backing in terms of memory. They talk about spaced learning. So you learn something, but you don't learn it completely. You leave a little bit left um, and then you go to learn something else. And then you come back to it a week later. And to give that amount of space for your mind allows a bit of defragmentation, a bit of recalibration and makes those memories solidify. But as well, you just feel better about having a break, don't you? Um, what are some of the things you did during your study that you kind of took time out with? I think the, the fortunate thing for me uh, was that I, I, I've always had um, pets and, mm. uh, as you know, got um, married. And so that there's always been things for me to do whilst I've been studying and going out for dinners and also taking up sort of the dogs out for walks. But mm. certainly I think one of the uh, things that I sort of looked forward to was doing something really nice at the end, at the end of it. So. Um, I think at the end, at the end of my exam, I think we went for a holiday, which was really good. And I think that that's what I sort of encourage a lot of trainees to do when they set their um, timetable for, for their exam is to think about what they're going to do after the exam to reward themselves. Mm. And I think that often um, is a great goal to really sort of push your energies towards to and help you sort of re-energize yourself along the way. Now that, now that I think about it, I think I had like different levels of breaks. So my mini breaks that I, the things I'd like to do on a very short time frame was just watch some comedy. So I remember watching some like Chase's War and Everything episodes, really old episodes now, but they just made me laugh so hard <laughs> or watching Ricky Gervais do stand up. Those were my little mini breaks from study. But then, yeah, if I needed a bit of extra time out, I knew that there's a couple of mates who every time I hang out with them, I'm just rolling on the floor laughing. And so I thought, yeah, essentially comedy of any sort was the way I 
re- relaxed and made made myself feel better about things. So I think I yeah. try to harness different levels of uh, yeah of of comedy really, whether it was movie right. movies and TV and YouTube or friends or going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. There's so many things you can choose from. So people listen to music. People might do exercise. Um, it's just about doing just doing something different. Maybe baking. Um, it's and I think it's just that the mind after a while, and often it's about a couple of hours, just needs that, uh, just needs that break from that monotony. And I think mm. you'll find that um, your study will become so much more effective. So today you're going to do your talk, right? Yes. So on the non-respiratory functions of the lung. 2005, question 13. 2005A, question 13. 2005, question 13. And I think it's quite a nice question that they are also asked uh, during the Viagra as well. So, yeah. and I guess, um, you know, when we think about the lung, we don't naturally think about the non-respiratory functions of it. We just think of it as important in terms of gas exchange. Yes, so, absolutely. But it does play a very uh, important function in terms of outside that field of just gas exchange. So, so what are some of these functions that uh, you can think about in terms of broadly and then after that we'll go into specifics? Yeah, sounds good. So the first thing is I'll, I'll first step out by saying these are the non-respiratory functions that I've got listed. And then I'll tell you the way I thought about this for, this for the exam and my, my mnemonic or my memory aid for this. So let's get started. So the first thing was it's a blood reservoir. It has a role in blood filtration. It has a metabolic function. It also has a role in heat regulation, protective function, and also medications. And that's always something that applies to anesthesia. And so these are some pretty random things. How can I possibly bring it together? And when I saw these terms, you know, reservoir and filtration, I thought, you know what? Uh, you know, back when I was um, back when I was growing up, we ended up buying a saltwater pool. Um, and then I thought, well, this actually has a lot of the terms and a lot of the things that you need for maintaining that pool. So the first thing is there's a, you know, there's a volume of water, and that, that's very, you know, akin to blood. Then you've got this massive filtration system where you know you've got that barracuda thing that sucks things into the filter. Um, and the pool water goes into that filter and then that goes into a massive chamber set just outside. So that's a filter function. Um, when we, we had to, we always had to go over to um, the various um, pool, you know, the pool stores and get everything balanced out. So this is a saltwater pool. You had to add, and you know, the right amount of sodium chloride and all these other chemicals to make sure you had this kind of chlorine and, uh, you know, make, make sure that it was clean enough. So that was a metabolic function. Um, we also had some solar water panels and that meant heat regulation. So that was easy to remember. Um, and the fact that we're mixing things to create, you know, chlor- you know, create chlorine and keep the pool clean meant that it had a protective function, which is again, one of the roles of the lungs. And finally, when I think about all the things we had to add in to create that protective function and keep it at the right level, that was like the drugs and the medication aspect of it. So that's my mnemonic. If I think of a swimming pool, I think of a blood reservoir or a reservoir, I think of filtration, I think of heat regulation, and I think of all those other things, which is metabolic, protective, and drugs. So that is my summary. Okay, all right. So if um, any of you guys, I guess it's summer now in Australia and New Zealand, so you're out in your swimming pool, have a think about the non-respiratory functions. So just to summarize with the idea of a a pool, and Mm. as you do the laps in the pool, Take, your, take away your break from, you know, from your study. Have a think about, you're in the pool, you're in, you're in the reservoir. Yep. And then there's also a pool pump happening as well, which is your filtration. Yep. And if it's an outdoor pool, 
um, there'll be a solar pump. So there's a heat exchange. And then there's also the other aspects in terms of balancing out the pool chemicals, which are involved in your metabolic and protective functions. Would, would that, is that fair? Yeah, that's exactly right. So you, I love that you were able to track through the, uh, the the imagery and the visualization of it. And then, oh yeah, and the last thing, add drugs onto it, which is combined with the last two things you said. But yeah, no, that, that, was, that was really great. <laughs> no, good, 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 good. So let's go through each specific ones. Mm. And with regards to like the blood reservoir, mm. um, like how, what, what, would, um, what would you say with regards to that? Yeah, so I mean, there's probably a few things you can mention. You know that the uh, there's less volume of blood in the pulmonary vascular system, so you might mention that it's got about 500 mils or 450 mils of blood. Um, yeah. And as well, we all know that the pulmonary vascular bed is very low resistance, so you might say that it has a mark, you know, quite a good ability to decrease its peripheral, its pulmonary vascular resistance, um, and potentially, you know, recruit and distend to allow for more blood there. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so these mechanisms allow like this increase in its blood volume uh, with some small rises in art uh, pulmonary arteriovenous pressure. Um, yeah, so those are probably the main things. The volume itself, pulmonary vascular resistance, how it relates um, and its ability to distend. Um, and yeah, the, this happens through recruitment and distension. So look, with regards to the blood reservoir, it's quite an interesting concept because when we think about blood reservoir, we think that it acts as a, or has an ability to be sequestered back into the central circulation, let's say in times of hemorrhage or in times when you need that extra volume. But honestly, I don't actually think that the lung actually serves that purpose at all. And- It was mainly the spleen really, wasn't it? Spleen and the- Correct. Yeah. And a lot of the gut circulations are able to mobilize, but not necessarily the lungs. Lung, right? Yeah. So so it's always been a bit of a furphy to me to say that, that it functions as a blood reservoir because I guess the only, only time where you would see it um, being of importance is maybe during a Valsalva when you have that positive pressure and you push that extra blood volume out into the left atrium and subsequently the left ventricle to increase uh, your cardiac output. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, it, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think it actually serves any sort of physiological uh, purpose. <laughs> it's a low resistance circuit and essentially what what goes through the pulmonary circulation has to end up into the left ventricle and is actually part of your cardiac output. So anyway, that, that's just an aside. That's just a little bit of an expansion on, on that concept of uh, blood that's, reservoir. Okay. Okay, okay, the second one, filtration. So tell me about the importance of that. Yeah, so this circulation, the pulmonary circulation, it can be this particular filter. So that's really important because it means that it's essentially stopping any things, any poisons, any clots, any you know, noxious chemicals from the right side of the circulation going into the systemic circulation. And so it, it can probably filter particles, the bloodborne particles of greater than 10 micrometers uh, from, the, from the venous return. So that's really great. So imagine all those things that you can mention uh, that the systemic circulation will, will lead to, which is the brain, the kidneys, the gut, um, all these other vital organs. You don't want gas, fat, emboli, thrombi to be um, you know, to go into that circulation. And that as well means that by, by staying in the lung and potentially being filtered out there, it can be broken down by, you know, various enzymes or heparin, plasmin, thromboplastin, whatever it is, these embolic particles or particles can be broken down. Mm-hmm. And so 10, 10 microns is the, it's the smallest it goes. Is that right? Exactly. Roughly 10 micrometers. Yeah. 
which nice. makes sense. That's like a capillary bed kind of uh, okay. red blood cell I diameter. Quite like, I quite like, I quite like uh, round numbers. That's helppful. Yeah, that's right. And then heat exchange should be pretty easy, shouldn't it? Yeah, that's right. I think that's a good one to go into because we're thinking about the volume in the pool, the filter, and then often leads up into the heat, the solar panel. So heat regulation. Look, it's so it's mainly because it's the it's the upper respiratory tract. That's where you get a lot of um, the, the heat regulation passing passing through the nasal sinuses and the turbinates, um, which then warms and humidifies the inspired gas. And so that's probably an important thing to mention. Um, but also the fact that maybe that there's daily kind of water loss around 400 mils just from breathing. That's all part and parcel heat regulation, mainly the upper respiratory tract. Um, yeah, breathing through the, the nasal passages. Mm, yeah, and I think um, with regards to heat loss and even condensation, you think about it with uh, anesthesia, you think mm. about the condensation that happens within the circuit. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, you, know, you see during it in a long case, you see that, that, uh, that water accumulate. Yeah, that, that, isn't that the, the, the terrible thing about low-flow anesthesia? That at, when you're running you know, ultra-low flows for periods of time, suddenly you get tricked by that, um, you know, the, uh, because of that collection and the movement of that collection, the ventilator senses it as a patient-received breath. And so you get these oh, little blips. Right. Have, have yeah. you ever seen that? And you're like, you keep giving muscle relaxant and it's not because the patient's triggering. You've just given muscle relaxant. It's because of this movement and swing in the uh, tube, yeah. There you go. Not, not. I must admit, I didn't know that, but I'll certainly look out for it next time. You know, you know why we like. I remember only seeing that for the first time, pretty late in my career. It's because people weren't running low flow anesthesia. My training hospital didn't really have much desflurane. Most of the time, we're using Sivo at above two because of the TGA recommendation, uh, mm. and so we're not running low flow. So you're not really seeing that. But nowadays, we run a lot more low flows even with Sivo. Therefore, you get this problem. Um, and so the next big one would be metabolic. Is that right? Yeah, that's a big one. Actually, if we go to protective function, that's probably a quicker one to get okay. down, strategically yep. speaking. And you can you can just imagine all these protective functions in the swimming pool. I guess mnemonic. It's about the chlorine and protecting yourself. So that's quite a bit different to the protective functions of the lung, which means think of all the ways your lung can get rid of stuff. You sneeze and cough. Uh, you can remove particles through the nose, the mucociliary elevator, and the alveola has a lot of methods as well, the macrophages that exist there. Um, and also the lung secretes immunoglobulin. So especially IgA and bronchial mucus, uh, which then contributes to the defenses against uh, infection. You could even divide that with what, with how you described it into innate mm. and acquired. So the innate one would be all that filtering, mm. the macrophages, and then the acquired one would be the IgA and then any, any other cellular immunity with regards to lymphocytes. So categorizing always looks good on the exam. So absolutely, no, that's good. That's a good point. All um, right, and then the big one now, isn't it? Big one's always going to be metabolic. Yeah, that's right. So metabolic. There's, I guess, there's um, various ways you could memorize this, but um, the, so the interesting thing, the reason it's so useful as you know, filter and also for metabolic function is that it's the only organ that receives the whole circulation, the whole cardiac output. Um, so it can easily take these substances and rapidly deactivate it. So if you think about the conversion of angiotensin one through ACE or angiotensin converting enzyme to angiotensin two, that happens. Also bradycardi bradykinin, that's deactivated by ACE as well. So, you know, up to 80%. Then you've got serotonin, which is taken up almost all of it, almost, almost 100% in the single pass is taken up by the lungs. 
Um, you also get prostaglandins that are deactivated and also noradrenaline up to 30% is removed uh, from, from this as well. So quite a few things there, angiotensin 1, bradykinin, serotonin, prostaglandins, noradrenaline. Um, does it synthesize any, any important uh, molecules or any important? Absolutely. So that's the met metabolism. And then I, I guess with metabolism, you think of you know, synthesis as well. So you've got surfactant synthesis, you've got protein and prostaglandin synthesis, um, as well as carbohydrate metabolism. If you think of like the mucopolysaccharides, uh, bronchial mucus, and then also removal of proteases as well. Um, so yeah, quite, quite a few things there to, to remember. It's a, quite a big section. Angiotensin, bradykinin, serotonin, prostaglandins, noradrenaline. These are the metabolism stuff. And then the synthetic stuff, protein, prostaglandins, carbohydrates, and removal of proteases. Yeah, not good. Um, and then final one would be drugs. Yeah, so this is probably the easiest one to conceptualize. Again, in the swimming pool mnemonic, you have to add all these chemicals to make things work right, but it's not a, it's not a difficult thing to remember this in the context of, um, of the lungs, because if you think of everything that we do with volatile administration, excretion, it's all lungs and volatile and, and gases and gas exchange. You think of root of administration when you get bronchospasm, it's salbutamol, metadose inhaler straight through. Uh, you can even give intratracheal drugs like adrenaline. Uh, and then you think about the first pass effect or drugs taken up by the lungs, especially fentanyl, uh, propanolol even, chlorpromazine. So a random bunch of drugs, but you can easily remember the ones that you'd use on a daily basis. And if you got... Um... Uh, I, I know that there was a discussion about propofol being metabolized in the lung. I, I certainly know it's being metabolized um, in the liver quite extensively and also considered renally as well. But I think, um, have you got it to be metabolized in the lung? I don't have it. I've, I've heard that. And yeah. uh, it, it was, I feel like it was a thought that they said the clearance of propofol is so ex excessive or so great that it cannot mm. be accounted simply by the liver. And it probably is by the lung, but I didn't, I didn't really read much more than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly it's in, um, there's extra hepatic sites and the kidneys is one of them. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think, um, I, and I'm not sure what, I'm not sure when I, when I went through, uh, that was certainly one of the thoughts, but you know, mm. that certainly can have changed, could have changed. It's good. Not great. Okay, That's a really so... good summary. Um, but yeah, thanks. So... Max is <laughs> very, very happy and he's, Gonna say bye. Gonna, oh, gonna bye, Maxi. That's great. Um, so, so that, that was a, that was a nice, quick one. Describe the non-respiratory function of the lung. The great thing is it's finite. You can use a mnemonic, use a swimming pool mnemonic, or another one of your choice. But just be able to get all those points down and write a few facts. So we've got their blood reservoir filtration, and then we've got you know heat regulation as well as protective function, drugs, and the metabolic and synthetic functions. So that's all. That's that's about it from us. So thanks very much for watching. Again, share with anyone who might be interested and we'll see you for the next episode.